Is Kellyanne Conway really leaving at the end of this month? Wow. By the time I get this up on the podcast, it will probably be old news. <laughs> Why, considering the impact it will have, it's already old news. For me, though, it's, let's say, interesting news. I first became interested in the Donald Trump thing in the summer before this 2016 election. I can't even remember why it caught my eye. Maybe that was about when American media began spending so much time letting him ramble on on the air and airing his surrealistic rallies from beginning to end with nary a break to sell a car or a pharmaceutical product. With the attention to Trump intensifying on that side of the puddle, the news would naturally in one way or another get to me, a rabid non-consumer of the news. I don't like the news. I live with a person who has to watch at least the headlines on the midday and evening regular news broadcasts, and I take advantage of that time to enter into a fourth-dimensional trance, usually concentrating on whatever I'm masticating at lunch or dinner, which coincide with that news programming. Even so, since the summer of 2016, I have been shackled to what at first seemed to be news, but what I soon came to realize was just a big, fat reality show from across the sea. Anyway, before the election in 2016, I warned my Spanish nieces and nephews about Trump, even though they hardly understood what I was talking about. U.S. elections tend to have very little impact on Spanish teenagers. I watched the developments closely for the couple of months before the elections, Election day finished a few hours after I went to bed, so I did not know the results until the next morning with that first cup of coffee, though what I had seen the night before was making it clear what was approaching. My boss had the delicacy to ask me if I was all right. So Trump won the election, and we were blessed with three public speaking events that would mark the early days of the past four years of... Oh, why bother labeling it? These past four years have been simply bad. The past year itself probably the worst, but isn't that how drama works? Back to those three public speaking events. The first was Mr. Trump's inaugural address. American carnage. The second was Sean Spicer's first press conference. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. And the third was Ms. Conway's television interview on Meet the Press. Alternative facts. I wrote a few short articles about Mr. Trump's American Carnage speech. As I was scrolling through the first installment of that discussion, I found Ms. Conway's name at the very bottom. She had assured us all that all of the words in the American Carnage speech were Mr. Trump's own words. That was in an interview given before the American Carnage speech, which she referred to as elegant, beautiful, strong, and powerful, was heard across the nation. I noted at that early moment in her work as a chief advisor, Miss Conway is beginning to show strain. She is a bit more argumentative, a lot more repetitive in her avoidance when doing these types of short interviews. Though not evident in this introductory exchange, it becomes clear in the remainder of the interview as she wiggles her way out of answering through blatant repetition and throwing the ball over into the other guy's court instead of addressing the question posed. Sean Spicer's bumbling entrance into Saturday Night Live's Hall of Fame of memorable comic impersonations can best be summed up in four words, Dancing with the Stars. 
The content of that statement he made, though, became the catalyst for the entire phenomena that was Kellyanne Conway, the blunt assertion that a lie was the truth, that two plus two actually does equal five. Just around that time, I began trying to make videos that focused on how the Trump administration was using language to bamboozle the American public. Way back then, journalists were unwilling to outright call out the behavior for what it was, barefaced lying. That old meme has been repeated again and again, but it has never been more valid when their lips moved. Sometimes their lips didn't even need to move, just their existence seemed to have been a lie. Anyway, because Ms. Conway was so visible in the early days of the new presidency, she became the target of at least one or two of those Trump talk videos. In the end, though, I found I could hardly stand to listen to her. Just like her boss, her droning, endless non-answers were exercises in confounding the listener looking for a real answer. As I explained in an early video, Miss Conway was always prepared with a mental list of talking points that were triggered by one or another word or phrase within the question posed. She never answered a question directly. She would hear White House and divert into a non-answer that included something to do with the White House. Any question that might include a negative criticism of Mr. Trump would always divert to something to do with Obama. Now, I've said something to do with twice, and the truth is, those diversions usually had nothing to do with the trigger either. They were all talking points. Though she was the creator of alternative facts, she didn't really deal in them all that much. Oh yes, her constant repetition of superlatives when speaking about Mr. Trump might be considered alternative facts, as he hardly ever really reached the heights reflected in catchphrases like the most ever or the first president to ever. A word often used to describe her contributions in those early years was spin, but I'm also not sure she was spinning, though our heads often ended up doing so after hearing one or another go-around between her and a persistent journalist. No, besides deflect, I'd say she was actually just exaggerating. It was always Obama's fault that things were not going well here or there. Obama left this behind. Obama did this while in office. Or worse, Obama didn't do that while in office. That's why things are so bad. Unfortunately, once we were well into the Trump administration's tenure, that excuse kind of got old, out of date. Repeating what your predecessor has done wrong does not highlight what you still haven't done right. While Mr. Trump tried the excuse at the outset of the pandemic, it didn't stick, and the main proponent of what about Obamaism, Ms. Conway, was ne'er to be seen in the last several months. Of course, a lot of television journalists tried to spar with her to no good end. From CNN to MSNBC to even Fox, everyone got a chance at trying to get a straight answer out of her without success. Some programs, like MSNBC's Morning Joe, even simply stopped booking her early on. Seems like Mika had very little patience for Miss Conway's bamboozling style. Though she has been somewhat out of the limelight for months, with her sudden announcement that she needed to back away from her public service job to look after her children and maybe fix her marriage, that last is an assumption her husband has announced a backing away from his political activity as well, 
She, at the same time, made sure to have a swan song moment on that reality show episode named Live from the White House. It's the Republican National Convention. Give me a moment. I'm going to take a look at what she said in her supposedly last public speech. Okay, pretty well-structured high school-level public speaking assignment. I'll give you a B-plus for structure and delivery. Were I grading for accuracy or originality, I'd have to lower that grade to about a C+. And if I were to take points off for misleading comments, you'd probably end up with a D+, just barely passing. What was it that she said that dropped her grade so low? Take a listen. I have seen firsthand many times the president comforting and encouraging a child who has lost a parent a parent who has lost a child, a worker who lost his job, an adolescent who lost her way to drugs. Don't lose hope, he has told them, assuring them that they are not alone and that they matter. For a man for whom the perception of his persona is above all other considerations, I find it totally impossible to believe that he would have comforted children, parents, workers, or adolescents. He starred in a video pardoning an ex-felon on one night of the Republican National Convention. He nodded in approval as five newly naturalized citizens took their oath of allegiance to the American way with cameras rolling for the same event. In a presidency that is always directed at holding up a freshly assigned executive order as if he had finally learned to color within the lines, Mr. Trump would never, never let the opportunity slide to have a camera focused upon him with that orphan child, that grieving parent, that despairing worker, or that wasted adolescent. As we have never, never seen footage of any of those comforting moments that Miss Conway assures us that she has witnessed, I'm afraid I will have to doubt that she actually witnessed them, or that she witnessed them in that magical world of alternative facts where deadly pandemics disappear at the downward wave of a hand and inaugural crowds are filled with hundreds of thousands of adulating invisible men, women, and children. Sorry, Kellyanne, I stopped watching you a couple of years ago, then you stopped showing up in YouTube clips months ago, and now you're gone, just in time. We all know the simile involving rodents and ships taking on water. I think that's the case here. Plus, you've got that adolescent daughter who evidently needs some parenting. Your 15 minutes turned into four years almost to the day are finally over, and you can go back to checking your new microwave for spying devices. Well, that was a refreshing change of theme from my own droning on about distance education. Hope you enjoyed it. Tell a friend, subscribe, like, notify, share. Change the order on you there. <laughs> Keeping you on your toes. Cheers. You're listening to Radio Rebel.